Look, I know how this sounds, but... Well, I answered the phone out there, and, and the guy on the other end, he was very, very frantic. He, he thought I was his dad for a minute. I, I think he just said the wrong area code. Yes, but, so what? Well, so he was calling from a missile silo. He said that they were locked in, 50 minutes and counting, to shoot off their nuclear wad. We would be getting it back in an hour and ten. I mean, he meant that we're at war. Nuclear war! Hello! That was the best intro you've ever heard in your entire life. Yeah, we should just go. We should just go. Hello! And welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinate with Films. That's what happens when you don't push the record button. Always, it's like we just started this. Not and you five can't years do it ago. again because then you're forcing it. Remember, we had to do our, I think our first episode was done four times to the point where we're like, we got to give it a couple weeks. Or I think we even went down to episode two and then went back to number one uh, because we were so tired of doing that first episode again. Do you remember that? Because we had recording issues? Yeah, we were using crappy equipment at first. We didn't mics. have the Zoom. We had Zoom. shitty mics. We didn't have the Zoom recorder. Oh, what were you using? We were using some really crappy thing that I just found on eBay oh, that I thought yeah. was good until people out there, if you're doing your podcast and you're not using the Zoom recorder, even I, it might be even something past the six, which is what we have, but uh, the Zoom recorder is all you need. I mean, it, it's so good. We use it for, I host, I run podcasts for an NFL guy. Yeah. And he uses the exact same model. Yep. No, and it's great. You don't need anything else. You really. need good mics. You need good mics. Don't if you want to do a podcast, recording equipment is it's good to have good recording. And once equipment. you have it, there's no upkeep. But get you good just, mics. Yeah, get don't good mics. Spend a lot of money on a Zoom recorder and then try to buy a hundred dollar a hundred dollar microphone is the least you should be spending on your microphone. Because <laughs> we're talking into yes. our fifty dollar mics. <laughs> this is my. Pl- I'm trying to pitch you buy a new microphone. Oh, oh you're talking to me. Yes. I thought you were talking to the audience. I got you. <laughs> So how you been? So yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed. Last episode was the anniversary episode, so if you're interested in uh, some random picks, the most random picks you could imagine, and a uh, good trivia challenge, check it out. I just had to talk Dave off the ledge. He he's he still can't get over his loss from Justin, but yeah, I totally can. <laughs> and it's over. Uh, uh, I watched a bunch of good movies this week. Before we talk about our big movie this week, which is going to be Miracle Mile, uh, which I absolutely love. So hopefully everyone watches that before you watch the commentary. Uh, I'm hoping one's on there. This. What's that that we talked about that you said you were going to watch? Oh, really? With what? The Big Short. Oh, no, it wasn't actually it. on there. Damn, it's not on there. Yeah, that'll have to be this week. I went through, we I, we end up having like a... Because I want to talk about that movie. Yeah, yeah, When you yeah. watch it, let's spend five minutes on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we definitely could. But uh, no, we ended up staying inside on Saturday because it was raining all day long. And we had like, I had I put Spring Break movies on. So I put the original movie, the, uh, the movie Spring Break from 1983, which was a decent like TNA comedy, but it only made my decent list. And then... Everyone who had watched that said, oh, it's paired well with a movie from 84 from like the girl's perspective called Where the Boys Are. I had never yeah, heard of it. You've I've, heard of it? Yes. Uh, it wasn't I, that good. I always thought they were the exact same movie. No. It, uh, like, it, that sequel. actually made my dog shit list because it, it, it went away from like the spring break part of it. And then they went to like a, uh, a it became a relationship movie and they were at like Don't a, try to be more than you are. They were at like a piano recital, the whole break. ending. I was like, oh, be fun, man. And it stopped being fun. So that didn't kind of make. It made my dog shit. There's one, and I, I could probably tell you the plot. These 
three rich dudes in their 40s yeah go and rent a beach house to be around all these pretty girls mm-hmm. and they're at the bar trying to and this one handsome kid says hey i will teach you i'll make you cool i'll teach you how to get yeah and by the end the the young girls are all over these guys. I mean, that happens in a lot of them. Th- Spring Break had that too. Uh, the two of the there was two dorky guys that they were double booked in a motel with two cool guys, and the cool guys kind of made them have a great time together. It was pretty cool. Fraternity vacations, another. One. I always used to be the cool guy, so I don't uh, know what the other person felt. Fraternity vacations, a really good one that me and Eric grew up watching, and it had uh, Evil Ed from um, from Fright Night. You know, the dorky kid yeah, from yeah. Fright Night, uh, and he was actually. Uh, a, Amanda uh, Bierce was actually in it, oh, yeah. uh, who was also in Fright Night, which was weird, and uh, it, it was a really good Spring Break s movie. After that, we ended up watching like I was like after the dog shit one, I was like I got to put something good on that I know is going to be good, so I ended up putting you Back went, to the Beach on. You went with me and Danny, remember? Yeah, and that uh, was that, it, it was, was fun right. for like ten minutes. Yeah, the the strip clubs were fun. We went to his cool. Did strip we go club. to a strip club? Yeah, I don't we even remember to, that. Part. Oh yeah, yeah. We went. I remember going to a coffee bar and Danny talking to some dj that brought us back to his mm. house and we just sat around his house listening to this guy had like ten thousand cds yeah i i was you so tired car, i slept in the car i was yeah. tired we were like we were doing like we the do? most why don't we come back it was we were like 19 20 21 or something like that when we were going so it was like uh, i had to no, we must have been of age I, no we were we i was were, probably 22 and you would i didn't move to gainesville till 21 so yes yeah, so you probably were 24. i didn't meet danny until probably 22 Three. We were young for sure, okay. but spring, that was our spring break. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I went and had a movie. I watched Back to the Beach, which this never never disappoints. So that's after I watched that dog shit one, I was like, I'm not going to take a chance with another one. But I did watch two fantastic movies this week. One of them you would absolutely love. Now two getting uh, on a week in this. This no, this one I watched. Well, one fantastic. of them was an Oscar winner, and uh, you, you got. I think you need to. I need you need to have a category above fantastic. No, you got to remember. I, I'm going through movies that I always assume were going to be good uh-huh. when I bought them, and I'm going through movies that have won Oscars, like okay. tons of Oscars. So it makes sense that a couple of them would would squeak through to the fantastic. My very good list is huge. My fantastic list is actually pretty short for the year I've. Let had. me ask you this question before you continue: Do you believe in the Oscars anymore? Do you think they? Get no, it right? it's bullshit. I, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It sucks though, because yeah. it, it used to be. I I mean, this will be contrarian a little bit, but there's no fucking way in the world Jamie Lee De- Curtis deserved that fucking award, dude. It was a give me. There's one, no fucking uh, way she deserved that. And award. I like Jamie Lee. Curtis. I do too. And there's ten movies I can name right yeah. now that are way better yeah. than fucking yeah. that movie with her in it. She was in it. I saw her fifteen scene. minutes, maybe. I saw a part of one of her scenes. She yeah. was good. It wasn't anything special. It was I like, guarantee you, because one of my... Fan, I'll start with this movie. There's two Fantastics movies out okay. there. Uh, one of them was The Whale, which is one of those okay. movies well, that's... we knew that was going to be It's good. fantastic, but you're probably not going to want to ever watch it again. Like yeah. like most Darren Ar- like Aronofsky movies. Uh, now, Tuck's kind of funny, though. I, I have no problem with that. I would compare it more to Requiem. Like, Requiem... Oh, it was really that sad? It was it was depressing as fuck. Oh, fuck I mean, yeah. Shit. I mean, it's about... You can't watch those movies anymore. You can watch it once, and that's I don't it. No, man. It was great to watch uh, the performance, but that's how it made me go into this. Is the he's being taken care of by uh, this uh, a friend of his, this uh, this Asian uh, girl who's hitting it a lot this year because she was great in the menu, uh, and she was nominated for the whale, and she absolutely one hundred. 1,000% should have won over Jamie Lee Curtis. She was amazing in this, and she was through the whole thing, crying, and like, oh, God. Now, 
the other girl, uh, the other Asian girl, was nominated for everything. Everywhere. I mean, all getting nominated is it. a big deal. That they can yeah. always. Yeah. I don't ever feel like completely bad for them because it's like you got nominated. This for girl everything. from the whale deserved you it, can, though. You literally can put that on the cover of a, yeah. of a DVD. <laughs> so what's going on in the whale? And it was a great. It was a great movie. It was fantastic. I mean, it made my fantastic list. You're watching it, and you were like, "There's nothing to pick apart other than this movie than it's depressing as hell." You've got an 800 pound guy, and you're and he's trying to uh, to kind of get back in with his daughter because he knows he's killing himself. He knows he doesn't have long. He won't go to the hospital. He refuses to go to the hospital. Yeah, uh, so he won't wear him. a sleep apnea mask. I mean, he's trying. He's trying to kill himself, basically. Yeah. But he has a uh, uh, this cute little Asian girl that comes by and takes care of him. And you're, you're gradually finding out why she's there. And you find out he, he uh, gained all this weight because he was with a guy and the guy ended up killing himself. Uh, and he went into a deep depression over it. Soon you find out in the movie that that guy who killed himself was the, the Asian girl's brother. So they're, they're connected that way. Okay. They both, he doesn't lo- know that though. Uh, no, he knows it. Oh, he they, knows. Yeah. 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 They're, they're all good friends. They were all good friends. And basically they're, they're basically family, but they've lost the same person. So they're both in pain, a certain amount of pain. And on top of that, he's reconnecting with his younger daughter, who's a fucking bitch. It's played by Sadie Sink, the redheaded girl from uh, Stranger Things. Really good in it also. Uh, and it's just watching him binge food, and it's depressing as fuck, dude. Yeah, it's depressing as fuck. No, no, no. Most people won't. Most people won't. Darren Aronofsky is the... I know people say it with Lars von Trier that you got to really be careful, but uh, of who you recommend those movies to, Aronofsky's kind of the same way. He did Black Swan, right? He did Black Swan. I can Some watch of them that you movie. Can watch. I can watch that movie a thousand times. Mother, I loved Mother, but it was if you have anxiety with movies, Mother. There's nothing worse than Mother, in my what, opinion. What was Mother? That was the one with Jennifer Lawrence, where people just coming. Uh, her husband was kind of a cult leader, and people just kept coming in the house, and there, at some point, I think there were. List living there? I, at some point, there might have been 800 people in the house, and the house's walls kind of expanded in a way. It's a, it's a horror movie, but it's okay. like, and she's pregnant, about to have the baby, and no one will listen to anything she says, and people are, are getting angry at her, and it's her house, and you're like, what is going on here? And it's such a I frustrating movie. That movie it's so good. I loved it. But it's Aronofsky, man. I mean, all his movies are like that. Well, I'll tell you, it, it, like seeing that gives me anxiety just about the same way as I can't watch... Um, cube, cube gives you anxiety. Yeah, like not knowing what's going to happen going oh, yeah, yeah, into yeah. if yeah. you. Well, that's the horror behind the Exorcist. You don't know what's going to be behind that door when she opens it again. No, oh, the, man. When you first saw it, you brought, it's been so long since you first saw it. But that long walk up the stairs to a door where you just saw her masturbating with a cross. You just got so the time yeah, before yeah. that you saw her throw somebody across the room, and then you got to go up. And they, and they do it like six times in the movie. It's really kind of nerve wracking. It doesn't get me. Yeah. Not like Cube. Cube's interesting. It is an interesting one because you know that uh, random rooms that you they open, there's going to be a horrifying uh, thing that could happen to you. You know, it's, it's, it is... I get it. People really have get, problems. You didn't really it. have a clue what yeah. it was be. The other movie I watched that turned out to be fantastic, and it was one that Dad watched all the time, and I bought it, and I haven't watched it till now, and you would absolutely love it. 1973, The Seven Ups. Do you remember Dad watching that? It was Roy Schneider. There's a special uh, unit of cops called the Seven Ups, I think I and it, this it's movie. implying that anyone they bring in is going to get seven years or up in there. But there's there's two dirty cops in this thing that are actually kidnapping mobsters and getting the uh, 
getting the ransom money and then just giving the mobsters back. And it's really smart. And there's two actors you would know. It's and the, the mobsters don't try uh, to take retaliation. The two cops are great. Uh, well, they can't catch them, and they're cops. Yeah. So it's one of those rough situations that they're in. But the uh, the good cops are trying to find them, and they get wrapped up in it. What happens is one of the, the mobsters know the cops are involved, and they catch some guy out in front of the funeral parlor with a wire coming out of his leg. And they know he's, he's listening in. So they snatch him, and they throw him in a trunk. Well, the bad cops come to rob this uh, and kidnap this guy, and they shoot into the trunk and shoot the cop dead in the trunk. The trunk opens. Opens and it's the one of the co- the cop that had the wire. So now they are cop killers and everything. And Roy Schneider is doing everything he can to catch them. But the two dirty cops were great. One of them was the guy that was needling uh, Gene Hackman through all of uh, French Connection, and he accidentally shot at the end. Remember, he thought it was the French guy, and he shot him in the doorway. And then he didn't give a shit that he shot him, and he just yeah yeah, yeah. he's like frog number one's in that door i'm gonna go get him uh and uh the other guy is the crazy guy uh who was in bad dreams you know the uh he was the uh kind of uh what do you call follower that was bad dreams is like freddy krueger basically it was like a, it. uh what else was he in he was in that open season he always plays a scumbag and stuff i can't remember his name richard lynch i think is his name yeah he played a bad Sounds guy like a scumbag. he played a bad guy <laughs> in one of the uh uh, what do you call it? Chuck Norris movies, which was great, but yeah. So that's why I saw this week. It was kind of a little bit uh, less than normally I see, actually, because uh, I do like dirty cop movies. Have you Friday. ever seen that that documentary? The the one about the oh the five seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I so wonder good. if they took it off. Everyone, it's on everyone's list. Someone actually mentioned it on my podcast this morning. It's one of their favorite documentaries. I'll go watch it multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I hear that it's. Really I've seen good. it probably four times. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that. So out. So good. There's a. Uh, uh, those with Peacock. We just I rewatched on Friday. Night, I rewatched that Megan movie. I liked it so much, and we watched it with my wife, and she liked it. Uh, this Friday though, Peacock's killing it. it apparently, Peacock is gonna deal with the theaters that uh, movies that are still in the movie theater will go to Peacock like two months. So this Friday, and Justin, I know you're listening to this. Uh, that knock at the door that Justin just saw three weeks ago in like the movie theater is now coming to Peacock on Friday, but it's not coming to DVD until May. I was like, damn, that's like two months. Uh, you get it early. And I'm luckily that I have Peacock, so I'll be able to talk about Knock They're on the Door. And, uh, to, me to and Justin uh, will talk about it next uh, Tuesday, if you're listening, or, or next uh, podcast. I don't know. We might if you can't this. find a movie on one platform, just go to another one. Like, check. Well, like, if you're looking for, to find a movie, yeah. I can almost find it for free as long as I'm not too oh, picky. I, I can name a hundred movies right now you won't be able to find for free. You might be able to pay for them, but you can't find them for free. It's super hard. And and ones that you can't even buy, what, listen to the Quentin podcast. He picks movies that you'll never find. Never, never, Maybe that's never. his criteria. <laughs> it is. He wants to make them hard, but you'll have to get them on VHS or possibly bootleg DVD and everything. It's it's getting to the point where it's frustrating, which I, I understand them picking obscure gems, but don't pick people things people can't watch i mean come on that's the reason us to do this tubi thing is that you get to kind of go watch it and then tune in and listen to us talk about it but yeah there there are hard don't wait too long between here and the podcast and going to tubi if you don't go as deep as me with movies yeah you could you could live with the streaming and and paying for a random i think if you have the right five you go you can get almost everything yeah it's still a lot i you would be amazed how much i can't find streaming yeah I mean, you can you can if you're willing to pay six nine or five ninety nine for it, yeah, you can watch anything, basically. I buy the movies that I really like. Yeah, my top twenty five. Uh huh. 
and then and I have a separate documentary top twenty five. Yeah. All right. Well, this one, this one's actually, I'm not sure how hard this is. It's not an easy movie to find. It's not, a, uh, but it is on Tubi. So if you're listening to this and you have not watched this movie, please watch it. It's like a quick 87 minutes and then tune back in and listen to us because we're going to be spoiler heavy on this because we're, we're assuming you guys are watching this. I love this movie. I watched this movie on Park Street. I was doing an epic night-long marathon of movies. I think I was up, watched, I, I maybe I watched a skin flick or something, and then the, something else came on after that, and then this was like 2 a.m. This came on at 2 a.m., and I was so tired, and I was like, I can't fall asleep, and it's a short movie anyway, so I was like, I gotta push through and watch this, and it was phenomenal, and there's a lot of good trivia about it and everything. Uh, basically, I'll tell you the, the, the quick premise, or if you want to tell us the quick premise, why don't you do so, and then I'll go into the cast before we actually the, dive um, into it. 1989, right? Uh, 88. It came out in 88. 88. Okay. They had it in 89 on TV. It's weird. It, it says release date May 18th, uh, 1989 on here, but okay. the release date on, or the, they're actually listing it as a 1988 movie. I've caught that a lot lately. Yeah. I'm not sure why that is. That was a good period for, for nuclear holocaust yeah. type movies. I mean. Well, I could tell you ahead of time too, this was in, uh, in development hell for like eight years because the director refused to change the ending the director writer yeah refused to change the ending and it's a and it's a big this is ending. the same ending as none of the other ones yeah well that's this the thing is a, there's no ending like this in any of the other ones yeah no it isn't but so go so, into the main just, so just to, there was we'll, we'll go into the fully later okay log line <laughs> log line yeah good, good <laughs> it's about one dude that answers a phone call he wasn't intended to hear and he finds information that something is bad is going to happen or isn't going to happen yeah well you and can tell is, what the bad thing is okay the, the that uh do you want me to tell those a whole thing you that's the longer than a log line oh just <laughs> say that that uh he hears on the phone that the missiles yeah uh, that he someone was calling from a missile silo to yeah. try to reach their dad and just say we're all gonna die i miss you i love you whatever yeah. and gets this anthony edwards who at the time was super famous because yeah. he was in er i'm not even sure er, ER. had started yet but he was oh, still okay. famous from uh, Top Gun. I mean, That's Top Gun had already come Top out. Uh, like the year before this. So, so the guy says, we we shot our wad. They'll be dead in X amount of time. Yep. And then we're going to get their retaliatory strike in about an hour and a half. Yep. And he's really disturbed. He goes into the... Right, let's stop there. Okay. Hey, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then that's where we really get into the meat of it. Because the, the real meat of this movie is the first half hour and the last 15 minutes. It's yeah. really, really fabulous. There's good stuff in the middle there. But, I mean, with an 87-minute long movie, they were... This was also one of the most sought-after scripts because it was tight. This is a really good, tight script. And it's got everything Hollywood wants yeah. except for that ending. Except the ending. So the cast. Let's I go into the cast here. The like you said, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is great. Uh, it's just some of the movies. He's in one of my favorite movies of all time. Yep, and that's Zodiac. the. Uh, he he looks almost rec- unrecognizable now. He got a little thicker. Did he? It, you can get more parts that way, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I saw a recent picture of him. I was like, oh shit, I wouldn't even know that was Anthony Edwards. So we know him. For, we grew up watching him in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Revenge of the Nerds, huge yeah. role for Anthony Edwards. Uh, we remember Gotcha. Gotcha was a big one. Uh, there was a point he went from being like. 
a nerdy type of Top actor. Gun. That's when it happened. Right after Gotcha. Well, Gotcha is when it started, and, and when he got cast as Goose in Top Gun, yeah. he just went next level. And Miracle Mile happened right afterwards. And then he kind of went low-key after that. He did Pet Cemetery 2. He did The Client. He did Zodiac. He's a good actor. Great actor, yeah. I but mean, ER was a big chunk of the time usually like I'm not listing here. And it's funny, because Clooney came out of there, too, and Clooney is oh, yeah. a great actor. Yeah. ER but Clooney, produced a lot of good people. Clooney is one of our greatest actors because he can go both directions. And yeah. I like him funny, and I like him... Yeah, and he doesn't... Uh, he's very discerning now. For a while there, he wasn't. Yeah. I think now that... Because, I mean... Well, I can't. I guess I can't say that because he just did that trapped in paradise thing with Julia Roberts that looked like garbage. But I don't know. Anyways, the, he made money. The girl, <laughs> the, the lady in this, uh, really good, Mary Wimingham, Wimingham. I recently saw her in a uh, Stephen King series called The Outsider that was on HBO. Uh, that I love. She was amazing in it. Uh, I always liked her as an actress. The first time most people saw her was St. Elmo's Fire. Then she did Miracle Mile. Then she did Turner and Hooch, which is usually where I go where people recognize her. She's the vet. That was Tom Hanks' love She's very interest. recognizable. Uh, they gave her the worst haircut in the world in, America, in this movie. Oh, my God. I could have done even without her character, to be honest with you. Oh, I liked her character. I thought she was sweet. I liked the stuff with the, her parents in it were real, was really yeah. good. They, they, they worked a lot of that really good stuff in such a a short period of time she was in Wyatt Earp uh, News of the World was another one that she recently did she was great here's an interesting trivia that I'll bust ahead and tell you so Anthony Edwards and uh, and Mario Wimmingham uh, just got married two, uh, two years ago 2021 Okay. Now they're married to each other, the two love interests in this movie. Apparently they were in this movie together. They went off. They did their entire lives, met other oh, people, married divorced. Her? They both got married last year. Okay. And I think How long had been they, they had been in ER, though, together. So she had done a stinted ER with them. So, so it wasn't just this movie. I think they had done this, then they did ER, and then they went their separate ways, and then they found each other later in life, and now they're married. So it's kind of a fun love story. Uh Michaelty Williamson was in this. We just mentioned him. You may have heard us talk about him on the first power. Uh, you might know him as Bubba Gump. Uh, really great. Might be the first time I had seen Bubba Gump, to be honest with you, because I had seen uh, he was in Streets of Fire, The Delta Force, Wildcats, and then Miracle Mile. So I probably saw him in Delta Force. Didn't even realize who the fuck he was. This was one of the best scenes. Oh, I loved I loved him in this. Uh, and his sister. His sister was the uh, the uh, the black girl from summer school. Okay. Uh, she was she was the one who couldn't drive. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was also in uh, People Under the Stairs. She literally had like, I think she had already like died, almost died when we saw her in Miracle Mile. She had like one line that she uh, got out before she died. So she did not have a big uh, screen pull on this. My favorite actor in this movie, goddamn, was Kurt Fuller, man. He's the dude behind the counter at no, the he, diner? He, no, he's the guy. Oh, on the roof. On the roof. Okay. One of the best character actors, if you go back to one of our character actors' pods, we talk about Kurt Fuller. <clears throat> if you pull it, if you Google him right now, if you're listening to this, uh, Google Kurt Fuller, you'll know his face in a second, and you'll want to punch it. Because <laughs> he's, he's got that great face that you want to put in a movie as the asshole. He played an asshole in The Running Man, Red Heat. Then he did Miracle Mile. Elvira's Mistress of the Dark. <clears throat> I think no Holds World, Barred. I think Wayne... Uh, no Holds Barred, Ghostbusters 2, The Bonfire of the Vanities. And like you said, uh, the best role for him was probably Russell in Wayne's World. Yeah. He'll <laughs> drop the flashlight, Drop Russell. the flashlight, Russell. <laughs> if, no, you can't trust Benjamin. If Benjamin was an ice cream <laughs> you, flavor, he'd be he'd pralines <laughs> and dick. You're Benjamin's butt boy. <laughs> oh, man, he's so funny in that. Uh, he also went on to do uh, uh, Autofocus. He was in Autofocus, and he was in Ray. 
So uh, Kurt Fuller, full career, and he's awesome. And he's awesome in this. We were watching, me and my wife were watching this uh, yesterday. And I was like, how great is it that Kurt Fuller is at an 11? Through, and he's got two scenes in the movie, and he's at an 11. Actually, he might be at a 12, 13 He was like at a nine one. on the first scene. He was a nine on the first one. <laughs> he was like at a 12 on the last one, uh, last scene. He was so fucking good. We'll talk more about his scene in a second. But they, there was this movie was filled with good character as his actors, specifically at the um, at the diner, yeah. which we're going to talk about now. But uh, Denise Crosby, who we always knew as the mom from Pet Cemetery, yep. she was in uh, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation for a while. She was in Forty Eight Hours. Uh, she was in Skin Deep, which I, which is in that pile that I have to watch. You remember that John Ritter movie? He's like a womanizer or something. Yeah, and it's funny, and uh, it was on all the time back in the day. Uh, Denise Crosby was in an uncredited role in Jackie Brown, and I'm not sure who the fuck she played in Jackie Brown. I could watch that. Oh, I think she was in the the uh, in the jail. No, I think she was in the uh, courthouse. There was the scene where she was in there. I think she might have been one of the prosecutors or something. I just don't remember it. Okay, that makes uh, sense. And then she went on to do Deep Impact, which I still haven't seen. Uh, that was out, movie? Yeah, it was the uh, you either were an Armageddon Deep Impact guy, and I watched Armageddon and not Deep Impact. But maybe I'll, maybe I'll you go chose back. poorly. I probably did. Well, no, if you take the music out of Armageddon, it's a great fucking movie. But that music kills it. The love story kills it. The love story kills it. Affleck kills it. Yeah. He bounced back. He was all right. He's uh, an acquired taste. To some movies he... Some other actor that I love was the uh, the cook at the That's diner. The uh, Robert were... Ducoy. He was in uh, Cloak and Dagger, My Science Project. The big one, though, Robocop. Yeah. He was the, the, the boss in Robocop that was screaming, we don't strike. The cops don't strike. He was great in that. Uh, and then he had done the first Robocop, then did this, and then went on and do Robocop 2 and 3. So he held up even for the third one. Uh, <clears throat> now, the two old people, the two people that played the parents were really good in this. The mom, uh, the older woman who played the mom was in Evil Dead 2. She was one of the people in the cabin, man. She was great. Uh, she was also in Little Nikita, which no one talks about. Do you remember that movie? Where... Uh, uh, What's his name? River Phoenix lived in a small suburban neighborhood and uh, Sidney Poitier moved in next door. But Sidney Poitier is like an FBI agent looking for Russian agents that are in like he's looking for like that. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the what's the uh, the plot for the Americans? Basically, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's <clears throat> Sidney Poitier looking for those people. Uh, and it was good. She was a miracle mile. Then she went on to do grifters and she went on to do the Fisher King. They got pelico- helicopter pilot. He was a, another the helicopter pilot who was that oh yeah that's the bad guy i didn't put him on this but i probably should have he was the villain from cobra yeah uh really scary looking i mean very scary scary looking looking. you can just imagine his skull without the skin on it looks like a neanderthal because he's got a massive head i can drive a copper oh man he's great uh but the 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 grandfather in this her 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 grandfather and not her parents this was her grandparents i meant to say earlier was john agar and he made a a uh, huge run when he was younger, doing a lot of uh, John Wayne movies. He was in Fort Apache, Sands of Iwo Jima, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. He was in Big Jake. Back when movies were movies. Yep. Then went on, did the uh, the seventy uh, the seventies King Kong. But what I remember him from, and the second I saw the name for this, it hit it hit me, and it was done right after Miracle Mile. One of his last movies was Nightbreed. Okay. It was a great scene in Nightbreed. Where remember Cronenberg played the serial killer? Okay, in it, and he had that mask with the button for the eye, and he was trying to find out where Midian was, which was the uh, <coughs> the cemetery where the uh, the dead came out at night. And uh, he came across this guy that worked at a inn, and that was this guy. That was John Agar. Isn't the helicopter pilot and, in that movie too? 
is one of no, the creatures? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Unless he was in it, and I had no clue. I should have okay. looked him Cause up. Because wasn't this one that had all the creatures in the crypt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There was a whole shitload of creatures. Yeah. And some of them I knew who the actors were. But John Agar was like the innkeeper, and he was being tied up and tortured by Cronenberg, and he kept getting stabbed in the kneecap, and he was like, why do you want to mess with those? They're not bothering anybody out there in Midian. He says, you don't want to go there. Uh, and it was a great scene, uh, and I recognized him immediately, so I loved it. Now, for the crew, and it was pretty small because, uh, <laughs> well, no, it was a big crew, but as far as ones we talk about, because we usually talk about the writer, director, the cinematographer, and the, the person who does the, uh, the composer. The writer, director was the same guy, Steve DeJarrett, uh, DeJarnett. That's why his ending and, uh, stayed, that's why his ending stayed in, too. <laughs> well, he had only directed one other movie, and it was right before this. And it was, well, I guarantee you, he, they loved his script. Well, they probably didn't even want to hire him. It's a good story. I, I got He's that story. You getting into it? I'm okay. getting into it. So he had done Cherry 2000. Do you remember that? Yeah. From the 80s? I remember with, the cover. Uh, Melanie Griffith. I remember the cover. Yeah. It was like robots. You could have, like, they were they were sex robots, but they were also, like, companion robots, not yeah. just for sex. And uh, at the very beginning, his model, like, uh, he had a really, it wasn't Melanie Griffith, but it was a model that, uh, that something happened to at the beginning, and he needed a special model to replace a part in her. So he hired Melanie Griffith who went and found uh, robots and everything. It was fun. It was weird and it was different, which was what I liked about it. But he also wrote Strange Brew. Not, oh, not, yeah. not that I would imagine there's a lot that was improvised on that movie with those guys a part of it. You have but to imagine. He, he wrote the framework for it. If Putting the fire out by pissing on it for an hour yeah. and a half. That was... Now, the the cinematographer we just talked about recently, too, it's Theo Van de Sande, and we just talked about him recently because he had done The First Power. Uh, so I had already listed his credits, but his credits, again, were uh, Fist, uh, First Power, Once Around, Body Parts, love Body Parts, Wayne's World, another Connect, uh, Volcano, Blade, Cruel Intentions, uh, Big Daddy, and Grown Up. So I think later in his career, he ended up joining that Happy Madison Blade. crew. Blade. I, I, I mentioned it on the first po- power. That first 15 minutes of Blade, he deserves awards just for that. Yeah. That uh, At the, uh, what do you call it, the rave mm-hmm. with the blood pouring down? So good. Now, you'll get a kick out of this, and it's one thing that really uh, elevates this movie to the next level. The, co- uh, the score was done by Tangerine Dream, and they hadn't done many. You know, people think Tangerine Dream went out there and did 30 or 40 scores, and I think they only did like Five 11. Oh, I think they, they did, did I think seven or eight. Some of the ones they did that I listed here, though, they did Sorcerer, which was a great freaking movie. They did Thief, which great Michael Mann movie. Risky Business, The Keep, love The Keep, another Michael Mann movie. Uh, he did the score for Firestarter, which I had never realized. That's Just great. Firestarter had a great score, and that's The Tangerine Dream is something special, man. If you never heard movie, of him, Firestarter is a classic in yeah, my eyes. It, it really I, is. I, it, the imaging, the the idea of that, that whole idea yeah. of of George C. Scott yeah. was so crazy. It still had a crazy feel to it because I think it was 1982 and they it still had that 70s. They? Yeah, they remade I didn't, it. I'm not going to watch it. No. I'm not going to watch no, it. No, that original, it, 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 was it, perfect. it hit you well when you were a little kid watching it too. There was some scary shit in that movie. Them that finding the scene? mother in the... Like when they had that, uh, the mother came flopping down from the ironing board. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rags. Had a lock Was that a lock Was, was it a yeah. lock That's yeah. right. Uh, the scene where they're showing them do acid with uh, David oh, yeah, Keith yeah. and her, and one guy pulls his pulls his, pulls eyes, his eyes out, and pokes his eyes out, yeah. and everything. It's creepy as hell, man. And so, and George C. Scott, he didn't get enough credit for being awesome in that movie. Uh, so that was also done by Tangerine Dream. That he also did, uh, or the group also did Vision Quest, Legend, which is one of the best Tangerine Dream scores. Near Dark, 
also another one that uh, escalates it big time. It's that's that nomad vampire movie in the desert. Three o'clock high, which I loved, and then they I, one of their last movies was Miracle Mile. So just here, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so it could have been around eleven. I don't know why I didn't pick the eleventh, but I must not have been, never heard of it. So the details, like Dave said, it was actually was released in eighty nine, but for some reason it was tagged with eighty eight. Uh, filmed in Oscars. Los Angeles, <laughs> Los Angeles, obviously the library tower pits, all that, that area is called the miracle mile. Yeah. 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 I, I've realized that I think the first time I watched it, okay. that that was actually a reference to, uh, the area of LA. They could have named it better to, to make it. They could have, they could have. Cause it was in the age of nuclear. If you had some kind of nuclear well, I'll tell you what name they, attached to it, uh, did it make money? No, that was the thing. So the budget was $3.7 million, and it was hard for him to get that money, and I'll, I'll go into this trivia here uh, soon. But the, it, it made $1.1. I mean, nobody knew about this movie. At one point, Kurt Russell wanted to do it. And if Kurt Russell had done it, we would be talking about this movie right now still as a classic, classic movie. Everyone would know about it. and uh, But unfortunately, yeah, no the, one knows about it. The thing is... It really is an, a, a great Anthony gem. Edwards sold the beginning yeah when he, he got really the call did. all the way up to explaining it oh yeah to when they were all leaving the the end, he, he killed all it the in this movie in, yeah all right so some of the the trivia before we go into the the ins and outs on this so like i said it took steve to uh jarnett eight years to get the movie made it was considered for twilight zone the movie at at one point they were like let's just make this twilight zone the movie, which would be perfect it is very it is a good twilight zone the movie they would have had to put a more of a in what they say here is they wanted to they wanted to scrap the four movies that they were going to make and just do them as solo movies like twilight zone the movie miracle mile basically yeah. is what they were going to do and then spielberg came on and it changed it but what sidetracked it before that is they wanted to change the ending and they wanted to put a more uh twilight zoney twist on it and everything and uh <laughs> and dejarnet said nope i'm not going to do it and that was his thing for the last eight years yeah. nope not going to do it well he made a smart move here uh, well, Wilshire Boulevard was closed for two days for the filming of the climax. Very uh, interesting. That's that's a fucking big thing. That it must have been at nighttime though, only at night because it was only at night. This took place in like real time over like fifty minutes. That's what's great about this movie. Uh, so here's the <clears throat> what was the really interesting. So he wrote the script for Warner Brothers. The studio wanted to make it on a big scale, and didn't want to join it to direct it. Uh, the film spent three years in production limbo until DeJarnett uh, convinced Warner Brothers to give uh, to sell it back to him for $25,000. So he, he shelled out. did he get paid for it? That I can't find out. Okay. But he, he bought it back for 25000 He rewrote it, and then the studio offered him 400000 to buy it back again from him after he did a rewrite on it. And he wouldn't do it. Wow. He says he turned them down. And uh, Worst decision of his life? Uh, no, ultimately, John Daly of Hemdale Films gave him the entire $3.7 million to make the film. Unfortunately, Mr. John Daly did not make his money back from that because it only made $1.1 million. Yeah, but he didn't make any money either. If the director didn't really make no, any money. and he didn't go on to do anything after this either. I mean, it's if he had just taken the money and moved on to the next project. Yeah, he. It, it's one of those passion projects, man. It's it sucks. You gotta let it. After eight years of for twenty five thousand dollars, like if you offer me four hundred thousand dollars on a twenty five thousand investment that I made on myself, yeah, I can write another script, dude. Yeah. You can write something just as good. I guarantee it. Yeah, uh, you didn't do it, so. Uh, 30, uh, I mentioned 30 plus years after the film, Anthony Edwards and Mary Wimingham uh, started dating and were married in 2021. Anthony Edwards said 
this script was the script that everyone wanted to make and everyone tried to get Steve to try and change the ending. Every single person tried him and he would not do it. And that's, it's hey, for a good thing. You're it, a director, it's, you're a writer and you don't want to do it? Well, and we're talking about it right now and it's on a podcast and the ending that they would have wanted is not as good as this ending. No, I love this, this ending. this is a great ending. Huh? This is a really good ending. All right, so let's work our way through it. Like Dave said, the beginning of the movie, Anthony Edwards gets that call it's from some guy that says the uh, the missiles have launched. They will be uh, to you in about uh, an hour and 15 no, minutes our, or something our like that. Our missiles have launched. Yeah. They're going to respond and you should get The that. retaliation is going to yeah. happen. It's going to hit you guys in L.A. in about an hour or something like that. You're kind of... It's L.A. You're kind of screwed. Yeah. It's in the middle of the night, so they have time. The, the streets are somewhat empty for he sure. He would have needed to have left the moment he got that phone call. Yeah, the problem is is at the very beginning of the movie... He, he met he, that girl. He met Mary Wimmingham. Yeah. Just, he had only been on one date with her, but they hit it off, and they instantly got an attraction. And what happened was, <clears throat> and this is how he got that call... They were supposed to have a date. She was get, she worked at that diner and she was going to get off at the uh, at like midnight. The power went out at you his building. Why? What's that? You remember why? Uh, no, why? Some dude threw a cigarette on the ground and a pigeon picked it up, lit, and flew up on top of oh, the roof I of his building and that. dropped it. It ignited the nest. The nest blew the power out. Yep. And, and power went out because of the. He would have had probably the best date of his life, but he wouldn't have known what was going to happen, which might have been for the better. That would have been better. Uh, when you rather have died. After going after on a, a great date and everything, yeah. hell, but so he gets his phone call and he goes into the diner and the diner is filled with great character actors. They're all having conversations and everything it wasn't like filmed. that. There was only like ten, and six yeah, well, it was like ten people, all great character yeah. actors. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the guy from RoboCop's behind the uh, the counter fixing burgers and everything. That big heavy set dude. That, that guy drove, didn't drove recognize. Drove. I didn't recognize him. He's definitely been in stuff before, but I didn't look him up. He was only in that first part, so I didn't even bother with him. Wasn't he? You was he the dude him? in? He wasn't the dude in Summer Rental that kept having the gr- people come over and look at his wife's. No, implants? that guy's famous for other stuff. I know that guy. Okay, uh, he's good though. He does look a little like him though, for sure. Uh, so he instantly starts having conversations with people, and eventually he's he's like raising his voice and, "Hey, you guys got to listen to me. I don't know if this is a joke or not, but I was on that telephone and they said this uh, type of stuff, and everyone for the most part took him pretty seriously. Only because the. Denise Crosby. Only because Denise Crosby took him seriously. Yeah, and she had like a phone, like a briefcase phone that she like took Dad out. Had. And she knew the code he was saying. He was like uh, David 4ZZ Alpha something and everything. And she's like, are you sure about those numbers and everything? Or, or uh, that sentence you just said there? And she repeats it. Now, are we at weapons readiness right now? Yeah. And, and she got like a confirmation that they are. And at that very moment, like... This is where we got to remember this is pre internet, you know, and that's what really makes this movie work. Do you, you remember only... how much a minute those phones were when dad got one in 1989? No, probably a lot. A dollar a minute. Wow, that's crazy. That's why we never used it. We'd kick our ass if we did. We had like two <laughs> minutes to get on the phone. You had to uh, do I'm like not... Morse code. Yeah. Home tomorrow by 7 30. Click. <laughs> but they all start like the, uh, the cook, the guy from Robocop starts. Filling up like this huge, he believes like it. truck immediately. They're they're all dumping food in there. He pulls a gun on him. What's his name? Yep, he and pulls he pulls a gun on him. He and, shoots the front door out. Yeah, he says, "You tell me if you're yeah. serious right now." And then and Anthony Edwards is like, "Hey man, I was on the phone right out there. Yeah. This is what happened." So they all take it for uh, for granted. But this is how hysteria starts, you know. Mm-hmm. And it took a while. To, it took about an hour for it to reach like everyone else. So for the first forty five minutes, it's very little, few people. So. 
everyone in the diner is in the back of that truck. And then uh, Anthony Edwards says, you said you would go back for Mariel Wimmingham. And, he, and he straight up says, I lied. He says, I'm going to the airport. Yeah. We're not going anywhere else. And then he was, he, Anthony Edwards even pulls a gun on him. And he says, you can shoot me. I don't know why you'd be me. trying to pull people together to go out of town. Just go yeah. by yourself. Well, organizing lots of people, that slows no. you down. I think that guy had the right way of doing it. He just started, he only took those guys because they happened to be there. And he yeah. probably was friends with them. I mean, half of them worked there. So uh, he's taken them with him and everything. He, he actually took a couple homeless people there uh, with him too. One of them looked like a, um, I bet if you Googled him. Is anyone here fat, a Christian? <laughs> he's the one who raised his One hand. of them looked like a famous rock band singer. Yeah, that's the guy who we. Uh, I think the, he's somebody. That in, junkie? I think, no, but I think he's a rock I think he's a rock star. Maybe, like a, maybe. Not, I mean, not like top forty he, rock he was star. Hard but. on his luck, you know. <laughs> he just wanted to be in a movie. Uh, but there was a great scene where the guys like, uh, "You want to get off? You're gonna have to jump." He says, "You could take it when I take that on ramp. You better jump or the off ramp, or on ramp." And then so when he does, Anthony Edwards jumps out of the fucking car, and then one of the first people he sees uh, that motorcycle coming at him. Yeah, one of the two motorcycles it, come at him. He looks like headlights of a car, and then it splits him right. Yeah, to the side. that was a great shot. And then the next car that comes is Bubba Gump, who happens to be like in a stolen car with filled with stolen radios and everything. <laughs> and uh, he, for some reason, he lies to him and tells him, a, tells him it's a meltdown. I think he was concerned that he wouldn't believe him. Well, he pulled a gun on him. He yeah. had him at gunpoint. He did. The whole time. But he starts telling people it was a meltdown, which is, it gets people moving just as much. So I guess it works either way. But I think it's, he thinks that is less uh, because there is a plant nearby that it, it's more believable that there is a meltdown happening. But remember, they stop at the gas station because he's out of gas, yeah. and uh, the guy from uh, from, Reservoir from Reservoir Dogs is yeah. there. He's the real deal. That's an, he's the real ex-con. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was I think he was in prison for like twenty-five years, and uh, uh, Quentin put him in the movie, and he had done a bunch of little acting stints, but he was great in this movie. Uh, <clears throat> And the co- cops show up because they think they see the guy from Reservoir Dogs with a shotgun. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Edwards buys like 50 gas for like 50 bucks for him just to get him out of there. And then the, right when the cops pull up, the uh, guy from Reservoir Dogs is like, oh, man, I'm going to get 20 years for this fucking gun. And then uh, <clears throat> uh, Bubba Gump's like, uh, or McKelty says, uh, they're going to give me 50 years for what's in my trunk. And he was like, just play cool, man. Just play cool. But McKelty at one point grabs the uh, the gasoline and sprays it yeah. in both the cops' faces. <clears throat> and then the cop fires. If you know about firing pins on a handgun. Yeah. Could that have happened? Could it have actually happened? Spark? Probably. Yeah, the I spark. Mean, Every time it would have happened? Or is it probably The funny not. thing this is, is, is when you read thing. stuff, like when you see like in the movies, like someone shoot a handgun at a tanker truck and it blows up. Yeah. That's sort of bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it, it obviously the vapor and everything. There has to be combustion and all kinds of yeah. it, But it totally... So the female cop shoots the gun as she's covered in gasoline and she just ignites. Great stunt. I mean, I think it was... You, if you've seen slow-mo shots yeah. of a gun, there's a fireball coming yeah. out the front. So, so Yeah. I mean, the uh, her partner jumped right on top of her, tried to put her up, but he catches on fire. Then the, He's covered in gasoline. And then that Anthony Edwards... partner. He would have... He was. He yeah. knew he was soaked in gasoline. You can't roll somebody out in gasoline. Anthony Edwards grabs the cop car, and uh, Bubba Gump got in his car, and they just hightailed it out of there. Yeah. We don't see Bubba Gump again until like 20 minutes later, when he already has his sister, because that's who he went to grab. 
Uh, so then he goes and grabs that. We skipped over a semi-important part when uh, he's on that date with Meryl Wimmingham. He happens to go to the park, and he just meets her grandparents just like out of happenstance. He meets the grandmother, and then the grandfather shows up, and you could tell that there's some uh, some uh, animosity between the two. And Meryl uh, Wimmingham says, oh, they haven't talked in 15 years. It was over something stupid. They love each other really dearly, and it's <laughs> a damn shame. So right when he shows up, he... He says, we got to get out of here. There's a meltdown. We got to get her out of here. And uh, she had taken a Valium. So he literally had to pick her up and put her in a shopping cart and bring her to the elevator. But when they get to the uh, to the lobby, both grandparents are there and immediately hug. And they know this, this is the end for us. So we better make up quick. And they're not even leaving town. They're like, we're just going to go to our favorite spot, watch sunrise, and enjoy the last days of our life together. Because there's only at this point, there's only like 15 people that know about it. But word keeps getting around. There's that's when they finally go to that big high rise, which is a great scene. You got to got to go underground. 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 Yeah. Well, that's what we were thinking. You know, he was in the sewer at some Should've point. Stayed there when he when the one dude chased him in the you sewer. You think that such... vapor would have gotten down there? Eventually, he would die of radiation poisoning. Yeah, but a year or two. The fallout. Yeah, would have been bad. It, you would keep you from dying right now. Yeah, because there was people in Hiroshima that survived in certain crazy places. Yeah, there's one story out there. This is a very sidetracked. Do it. But it has to do with explosions and nuclear bombs. So <laughs> there's a dude who, when they dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, he was lived in it and survived. And so... Didn't look good, I would imagine. The, 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 the That night or something, they moved him to Nagasaki. Oh, oh where come they on. Dropped the second oh, bomb. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's and so he fucked lived up. through that one. Oh, that's so fucked up. Lottery tickets. I'm gonna hang. Go, just Google. I live with this Google's guy. double survivor of both. Wow. And it may even be multiple. I was just reading this guy's this story. This one guy. But they moved him from the first bomb location to where the one was going to happen. Sorry, it's a, later. You're it's in like, New York. The first tower fell. We're going to get you in the second one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you'll be fine. You're, you'll be safe there. Fuck, man. That <sighs> sucks. Uh, so when they get to this tower, it's like uh, it's on Wilshire Boulevard and everything. So they go to the top of the building. It's like 30 stories up. There's already the helicopters up there. Kurt Fuller's already at a, at a nine going crazy. Like uh, He's he, drinking at this point. He's already drinking. He and knows, he's taking pills. Yep. He knows Denise Richards. He's calling her a bitch, calling her a cunt. And he's like, I, I got money for her. And are you the person that told her this was happening? And they were like, are we ready to go? There was like, we could go if we had a pilot. We don't have a fucking pilot. Yeah. And at this point, he's not telling Muriel Heming. Uh, I want to say her Muriel Hemingway. It's not. <laughs> she has a weird name, Wing, uh, Winningham, Mary Wimming, Winningham. Sorry, just call her Mary it's, W. It's Mary E. Uh, Mary with an E, and then uh, Winningham. Just call her Mary. I'm gonna e. call her Mary. So he hasn't told Mary anything. I, I don't I guess he doesn't want to like scare her or anything like that. He should have just told she, her because she finds out anyways when he leaves. He ends up leaving her up there with Kurt Fuller and a couple yeah. of girls with Uzis and uh, who are ready to go on the uh, the helicopter too. And they're, they're telling her stuff that she doesn't even know. <clears throat> and they were like, what are you guys talking about? And she gets informed off camera. <clears throat> so what he does is he takes the money from Kurt Fuller that was going to give to the pilot. And he says, I'll go find a pilot. Goes downstairs immediately runs into a gym because it's like the only thing open and is just going from room to room. Anyone know how to fly a helicopter? It might be a smart play because, you know, well, military guys. He had his gun pulled. Yeah. That's the only thing that got him. But, I mean, he it might had be the a money pile. Oh, pulled. for sure, too. Money in one hand and gun in the other. No, not even the gun. Yeah, I guess. Money talks way more. 
It's true. And it, like I said, I don't think it's a bad place to search out. Not only is it the only place that's open, but you think you ex-military guys dudes. will you probably be in there. He, he got lucky because he found the guy. I might not be able to fly a helicopter, but I'm, I'm yeah. going to die trying to fly a helicopter. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he I'll went. Practice on just going he went through there. almost the whole place, and he was almost going to give up. And then, right when he left uh, the last room, you hear the big guy, who's that really crazy, scary guy from Cobra, said, uh, "I got a. Uh, I know how to ride, ride a helicopter." Uh, calls his girlfriend. I think there's two. This is before uh, this was popular too. There's two trans characters, I think, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and so one of them was his girlfriend. So they. Uh, he's like, is there, is, "Is there a problem?" He's like, "No, no problem. You can bring whoever you want." And he's like, I got to go. He realizes his girl's off the roof now. He hears her shouting outside when they get outside. Does anyone know a helicopter pilot? He's like, fuck. He's like, I got to go grab her. I'll meet you on top of the uh, building. Don't leave without me. Kind of like the whole Bishop from Aliens thing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then he gets his girl. Where does he go? He leaves and he comes back to Anthony Edwards. That's the part I don't remember. Who is this? The helicopter helicopter pilot? pilot? At one point is... Has taken off from that roof. I think he made a, uh, he might have made a delivery of, of people to another airport or someplace. They don't tell us where he went. Okay. Because remember, there's one last moment he, with Bubba Gump on the ground. Like, out of nowhere, you see Bubba Gump in his car crash through right in front of Anthony Edwards and Mary uh, and into a, like, building. And uh, that's where he, he gets out. Really sad moment where he's carrying his sister in his arms yeah. and he's trying to go up the escalator and the escalator, he's going up the down yeah, one yeah. and it just, he's not making any headway and then he ends up falling on the ground. He ends up dying down there. But the cops are all out front. It's great. The cops are like, we know you killed that cop at the gas station and everything. And Mary's like, uh, Mary Winningham's like, did you and that guy do something bad? He's like, all right, we can, we can figure this out. We'll tell him it was an accident. This guy did everything and everything. And then all of a sudden they go out there and the cops that were surrounded surrounding the building are gone they like disappeared so it obviously the word got to them what's going on so then they were just able to walk right out of the department store and then they went back up onto the roof and that's when that last she should have had some first date red flags yeah go off in this simulation oh for sure (laughs) well they got in the elevator and you thought oh man these guys are gonna have sex in this elevator they probably should have done this a long time ago uh he could have told her what was going on they could have had a great night because obviously at this point and like they, I said in the trivia, two days shut down on Wilshire Boulevard. It makes sense because they went balls out. Right when they were going up to the tower for that last time, the f- streets were flooded. Like I don't he, know how he is on clean, rooftops. I, don't know how, I bet the second day was cleanup. Oh, yeah. I bet the first day was the only day of filming. They, they made it look like an apocalyptic yeah, end of the movie. Yeah, that's crazy to do that in 1989 That's where the money went in this movie for sure because up till this point, Five characters, six characters, never more than seven That's in the why screen you don't at one name time. Name your movie after a certain place yeah. you have to use now because it's in the name of the movie. Because if they go to, they go to the back lot. People are gonna say, I've still, seen that. even to get that many people and that many people screaming and running, turning and over he, cars. He was the logistics all of every all of it. He was above cars, and then they had to go below cars and like slide into the sewer, and then yeah. to just get out of there, it was crazy, man. This guy held his ground. Uh, Kurt Fuller, once that, uh, once the fucking, and at this point, watching the movie, you still don't know if it's true. You don't know if any of this. That's why it would have made a great Twilight Zone. Yeah. Had it not, have it not been true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the twist that it probably would have happened. And that's what not what. He would have been famously wealthy and. It's not what the uh, Jarnet wanted. So, hey, more power to him. He did do, I think the movie ultimately, I like the ending as it is. Yeah. He would have done better changing it. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, for him, for sure. For him. Career-wise he, and money-wise and for yeah. sure. Because yeah, as a, a great so twist I'm, ending. I'm torn, I'm torn cuz it really is not hard to figure out the twist ending. The twist ending it was a prank. I mean, that's all it would take and he has caused so much because when you see that riot in the street, it would have been you have good, to think yeah. The only reason there's a riot in the street is because Anthony Edwards made that phone call. Uh-huh. And that was it, or or took that phone call. Yeah. Uh, but once all that speculation is out of the is out of the uh, realm of possibility once they get to the rooftop. I mean, Just, you get 100 people to run in one direction, you're going to get 800 I, people to follow them. I want to know what Kurt Fuller was doing when the doors opened. Do you remember when the doors opened? He had his shirt off, yeah. and his, his pants were half unbuttoned, and he was... I think he was fucking somebody on the rooftop. There was a dude laying on the ground on his stomach without his shirt on and just his pants on and everything. Oh, I didn't, and Kurt, I didn't catch it. When you watch it again, watch Kurt Fuller stand up like he just was doing something. He must have said, I want to make it look like I'm just doing something shady or something weird. And so he Every stood, time he comes on screen, I get that feeling anyways. Oh, yeah, him. for sure. So He's drinking champagne and he's cracking the bottle and just downing yeah. it at, like from the broken bottle. And taking just fistful of pills. <clears throat> and he's screaming and he is you could tell that he's out of his mind, but he he runs to his mark. Great uh, cinematography on this. He runs to his mark, and he was like, holy fucking shit, here it comes. And one of the missiles starts flying yeah. over and hits, and the whole screen gets like orange and everything. But right right after, and he's like mesmerized by that. Why, why that's happening, the helicopter lands, and it's the guy from he Cobra. Came back from he him. came back for me. He's like, I told you I wouldn't leave you. He gets them in there, and they get he's airborne, Marine, man. and you're like, oh, this could be a happy ending. Nope. Well... More he's bu- wounded. He, I don't know how he got wounded. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he had been. There's a whole other fucking movie yeah. <laughs> with what happened yeah. to him for sure. So his uh, another missile hits. The blast is just too bad, and it sets the uh, the helicopter goes down in the La Brea tar pits, yeah. and then they are sinking halfway underwater. There's a little <laughs> bit of an air pocket, but there's time for them to talk and look at each other. And, the model they used for the wide shot yeah. of it sinking was yeah. really funny. What What's crazy though is like. <clears throat> you're you're watching the end of the world happen, and basically out the window, you're looking at a dinosaur yeah, yeah. looking down at you. It's, it's, it's a very kind of cool thing that that's kind of brought you full circle to uh, how the world like restarted before with the dinosaurs and everything. So it was very interesting. And then all of a sudden, they're they're like, well, maybe we'll be a direct hit, and we won't feel a thing. And all of a sudden, you hear the big one hit, and the light just goes completely white and credits fucking roll and you're like holy shit enjoy your night enjoy your (laughs) night they just fucking it's a gut punch man but it was great remember how excited we were when uh, because think about it when I'm not worried about strikes against us yeah 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 yeah. you know you can't worry about you can't worry about that but back then we were oh yeah everybody was because we we had just heard about the because if you forget they have blown up thousands of these to test them you can 80, go online 88, and watch. The, the nuclear scare was big. It was high. I mean, that day after movie scared the fuck out of people. Was that 87? Yeah, that was even maybe earlier even than earlier that. Then? That's a Jason Robards one. I have it. I haven't watched it yet. But that was one of those, uh, that was like the, uh, what's the H.G. Wells? Uh, that was like or, one of those War of the World things where people had to be reminded that this is just a fucking movie. Yeah. Every time they went to a commercial and people were too stupid, to, you, you think if this was real, they'd be going to the Campbell Soup commercial right now. I don't think so. Uh, people pe- like People soup. are dumb, man. But... But uh, I applaud him for keeping this ending in 
this was a time when every once in a while we would see an ending, like the the uh, spoiler alert. I don't. I hate to ruin an ending for another movie, but spoiler alert. Uh, and it didn't end like this, where everyone dies, but all the main characters died. Was uh, they live, and we were thrilled with it. Yeah. And when they live happened, and all the main characters died, you were like, "That's awesome!" And it takes balls. It takes somebody like John Carpenter to pull that off. This guy had way to fucking, the gun. Almost everybody dies. Way the gun. Almost everyone dies. I mean, this was one of those ones that the dark the, the director. <laughs> the what? Same Private Ryan. Yeah, same Private Ryan. <laughs> I mean, the director had to really stand strong to be able to get this kind of ending made. So I, I applaud him for it. It's a fabulous movie. You could tell this was a tight script. When they talk about that, this was a script that everyone wanted to make. You believed it because just on paper, you're like, "Wow, this is crazy." And, and he should have let them buy it back for four hundred thousand. Yeah, because then you made money on the first sale. Yep. And it cost you twenty five. He made more made, than twenty five. He probably made a hundred on the first sale. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. And then he had already sold. Less script. Money. He already sold Strange Brew, so he had already been established. So he probably made a hundred. If you got two scripts, you've sold. Yeah, you're gonna get more scripts in front of people. Yeah. So yeah. that's. Yeah, I don't know what I, what he went on to. I didn't have anything else on his list, so it wasn't whatever it was. It wasn't big he died for sure. In a on a skid row, <laughs> crying himself to sleep. Damn! And I wish I had sold my Miracle Mile movie. It's bad enough the movie ended badly. It's life the whole ended life badly. just collapsed. One decision. <laughs> yeah, if you like these types of movies, you're gonna love this movie. It's beautifully acted, great script. It's tight, eighty seven minutes, dude. You are in and out. I movies that are two and a half hours I these bet days. He longer. Yeah. I mean, maybe he did want it longer. That might have been one of the concessions he did make. But he was able to... The the fact that he was able to pull off the thing with the grandparents, it didn't matter to you that they just randomly had that scene at the beginning and that's how they got the exposition out. It was brilliant. I'm taking this girl on a date. We just happened to... Her grandmother just happened to be at the park for a festival. The grandfather was there for something else. It got that information out. And then it was such a great moment later on when you saw those two connect. It was that humanity that you wanted. Bubba Gump grabbing his sister. Uh, He was able to work all those big moments in that kind of... Before he killed everybody. Before he killed everybody. (laughs) You know? But, I mean, that's probably... He was like, hey, I gave you these heartwarming moments moments throughout the movie. Let me just end it the way I want to end it. What was the... Why am I not remembering it? What's the Kurt Russell movie even up in the up in the uh, the thing? Arctic? Yeah, the thing. Everybody dies in the end. Of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they are too. I mean, we cut away before uh, Kurt did. dies, and we still don't even know if either of them infected. But it was. I love that movie. I I think they're taking audiences for granted. I mean, sure, people like happy endings. People like Spielberg movies. If you're watching and stuff the like Lifetime that. Network, you want a happy ending. But there is a certain chunk of people that just want to see a movie that like them not make it you know i mean yeah so i applaud it check it out man if you haven't watched it hopefully we didn't uh ruin it for you uh listen to the pod first but i'm telling you even knowing the ending it's an enjoyable flick to watch just to watch these guys uh do it it almost would work great as a play if they stayed at the diner I was watching it yeah. when I was watching it yesterday. I was like, "How great of a play would this be?" Well, like where they can't go out. Maybe something happens where they you can't get the leave. same audience that that are in the like jury movies. Yep. you get all that just back and forth and trying. But then to it would turn into like the what... mist. They would turn on each other at the yeah. end, where you know that that cook would end up killing people and everything. And then, uh, yeah, I think they could have reworked this as a play. I bet he'll really sell good. it to you. Yeah, yeah, for even less <laughs> than, than he got. It would have to be a lot less because I ain't, I ain't paying that type of money. Two hundred fifty bucks. All right, I, I I might be able to swing that one then. We'll, we'll film it at the farm. <laughs> Why are these guys at the farm? I don't know. Just go with it. Nuclear so, yeah. Miracle Mile, man. Check it out. But we got some good stuff coming out, man. We, uh, me and Justin, are going to do one next week. Then, uh, then 
We're going to go back and forth like we normally do. I got an, another uh, a new horror one coming with Eric in probably the next uh, month and a half. So that's going to be an exciting one. But we got good stuff happening, man. Check out Tubi, man. Tubi's busting at the seams and all cool, cool stuff, man. They even got the John Wick franchise. Oh, man, I'll, uh, let me stop for a moment and give our cons- condolences to the families of uh, Lance Reddick, man. Uh, the guy from The Wire, man, just recently oh, died. Yeah, yeah. There's something going on there. I don't know. They're not revealing drug, how drug he... Drug-related? I don't think so. It, it seems like... Man, it sounds like... To me, he had his shit together, and he was out promoting... He was at the hotel promoting John Wick. So it was very John uh, Bob Saget-esque thing. So like, I'm wondering if he... I'm wondering if, had a concussion. I'm wondering if something happened days before and he died, because people seem to be shocked, and they seem to think... He was in good he was shape. That's the first thing. Great shape, yeah. Like, if you saw him in The Wire, he was oh, in good Oh, man, shape. he was jacked, and he still looked like that, too. He's he was, been, like, sinewy, but... Yeah, like, he was in Oz. He was great, so... Watch the Oscars next year. They'll forget him, I guarantee it. Uh, but he is one of our best actors, and unfortunately we lost him. And I think there were t- he had like several projects. So we're going to see him in John Wick 4 for sure next week. But I think he was on board to join the uh, the ballerina one, with uh, uh, the, which is the spinoff of the John Wick movies. So that's unfortunate we don't get to have him in that role. But uh, he was a good one. He was a really great actor. So uh, con- definitely condolences to his family. But if you're listening to us on SoundCloud or iTunes, we'd appreciate if you can leave us a like or a comment, uh, or you could uh, leave us a, uh, a comment on Facebook if you check out Fascinated Films. You can also just shoot us an email, fascinatedfilms at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you. Tell us what you think of Miracle Mile. I've met very few people who have seen this movie. So this is the type of movie that I'm exciting to kind of uh, to showcase on this movie. I, you, I might have showed you. So I'm not sure if I've ever met anyone who has randomly seen Miracle Mile because I know I saw it for the first time on HBO late at night, and I probably told you and everybody else about it the next day. So I'm pretty and back sure. then you it, it was it would be there for a month, but they played it a lot. Yeah, they played it a lot. You but could, you but this was a late night one. This was a, they didn't play it. Uh, they were like, it's a downer. We'll play it at two a.m. and mm-hmm. that's what they did. I remember the excitement I had when I found the DVD for this though. I found it like here again. CDs. I mean, we didn't get the TV until they went to bed. Yeah, no, that's for sure. No, we got stuck. Luckily, they watched good movies, so we we ended up watching good movies with them. Uh, But we didn't get to watch anything like... I was thinking the other day, if we didn't have the family room that we had... Oh, yeah. And it was like in the playroom right off the kitchen, how different our lives would have been. Oh, yeah, we would have had to find our sex education someplace else, for sure, because we wouldn't have been able to watch those movies. Yeah, Uh, the Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, God. Richard, the Amelia movie, uh, the Emmanuel movies is oh, what man. did it for me. The uh, Those were the late night, almost soft porn movies that Corman made and everything, but they played them all. Emmanuel, like one through four or something like that. Uh, I just watched everything. I, at, at a certain point uh, when we were out there in those rooms and everything, we were up all like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights or, or something. You had to choose I, between two things sometimes. Th- th- we had four movie stations, and I would put whatever one, whatever looked the best. And that's kind of what happened with Miracle Mile. I was like, oh, this is interesting enough. And yeah. it grabs you at the beginning of the movie. So if you can make it past the just that first five minutes where it kind of seems like, if, like a romantic. that or I got to watch Beethoven, then you know which way to I know. With it. Did I mention I just recently watched Beethoven for the no. first time? It uh-huh. didn't add it to my list because I was going to use it as a wild card, but then I decided to put other movies on there so i never think i I ever mentioned that i two movies that were on my wild card that i watched that i had never seen before that were going to be on there were analyze this had never seen it uh with uh de niro and uh billy crystal and uh beethoven which was fun i mean you got to watch it as like a from a kid's perspective but just to see charles carry in the henderson style just to see charles growing growing oh not my shoes beethoven no not my shoes (laughs) i love 
Chow's a grown man. <laughs> He's the man. He, he turned into a political dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's he? I think he was he pretty. Lean, I think he was pretty liberal? down the uh, middle because down he was a pundit for when news, when you had to be like kind of down the middle to be on the news, <laughs> where oh, okay. it wasn't one way or the other. Yeah. I think he got out. When was way, that again? Uh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. When know. we do it down the middle stuff. Fucking Bush Senior, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Well, yep. Join us next week. We'll have another exciting one for you. Till then, see you. Bye. Mother of God, man. Five years for this fucking gun. Every ten years for what's in my trunk. Mm-hmm.